Amen. Let me pray for us real quick. Lord, we uh, thank you for working in our lives, and we invite you, Lord, on this day to just speak into our hearts and our lives. Thank you for your great love for us, Lord. In your most precious name we pray, amen. Well, again, thank you for being with us today. I pray you're encouraged. Yeah, you could sit down. If you're at home, you have to stand up, though. Anyway, we welcome all of you to be a part of our service today. And again, if you're brand new, um, we really want to be able to connect with you. And a great way to do that is just to pull out your cell phone and text the word welcome to the number that's on the screen, which is... 636-206-8654. But again, thank you for being here and being a part of our service today, um, honoring God. So I have always wrestled with and struggled with getting distracted by things. Now, sometimes it doesn't impact stuff very much, right? I mean, if I'm walking down the street and I get distracted or if I'm in the yard, it doesn't matter that much. So Friday night, um, I did a wedding for a young couple. This is uh, Tim and Bella Stark. So this was at the History Museum. Now, this was a very cool wedding for me because Bella, um, I was a part of baptizing her like 15 years ago when we served at a church in Mexico, Missouri. She was a little girl then. Her mom, Tim, and Cecilia Beard were a part of our church there. And so a year ago, I get this phone call from her dad asking if I would uh, want to marry them. And so I've gotten to meet with them over the past few months, do premarital counseling. And so Friday night was the wedding. And so it was a little bit of a somewhat chaotic. Most of my weddings don't tend to be that way, but we come to the end of the ceremony when Tim and Belle are given a kiss. You may kiss your brides, and so they kissed, but it was very quiet during that, and so Bella, who's a very outgoing person, she stopped the kiss, and she looked at everybody out there, and she said, you can cheer now. It's okay, and so everybody starts cheering, right? Well, that kind of messes up the DJ who's doing the music and everything, so he thinks, oh, the ceremony's done, and so he starts playing the music in which they go out, and so they're starting to go out, and I'm like, I'm supposed to say, may I be the first to present to you, and so I just pull the mic up, and I say, may I be the first to present to you, Mr. and Mrs. Tim, and I could not remember his last name. I was so distracted by everything, so I said, may I be the first to present to you, Mr. and Mrs. Tim and Bella. <laughs> That's how I introduced them, and so it was like so distracting, and so that's embarrassing, you know, especially to a person who's supposed to get that right at that uh, appropriate moment, but I also struggle a lot with being distracted in my walk and relationship with Jesus. I mean, there are different times that that happens, you know, I mean, when things can be tough, like COVID, you know, at church, that causes me to be somewhat distracted, or if I have a, you know, a, a difficult season in my life and struggling with something that I've always struggled with, that kind of gets in the way. Honestly, since I'm paid to be good, that's at least what my nephew always said, um, my work for the Lord can at times get in the way of God working on me. I can use my job, because again, it's my job to, you know, do ministry and stuff, that can get in the way of my time and my walk, putting myself in a position in which God can work on my heart. Now, everybody in this room understands distractions, right? Life is full of distractions. 
But it becomes somewhat of an issue when those distractions can get in the way of our walk and relationship with Jesus. I mean, we're all busy, right? And busyness can be some kind of an excuse in regard to dist- uh, my walk with Jesus Christ. It can distract me. For some of you, it's been heartache. Heartache has made it really difficult. There's been a season of your life in which, you know, you've allowed that to distract you from Jesus Christ. I mean, obviously, family and kids can distract us from Jesus Christ. That's a, that's a good thing. Um, there can be, for some of us even, our serving God can become a, a distraction for us following Jesus and letting Jesus work on our heart and letting Jesus work on our life. Life is full of distractions. God knows that we wrestle with that. He's known that humanity has wrestled with that since the beginning of time. And so he includes this story from the Gospel of Luke about two people who one of them really did wrestle with that. And God used that to show us the things that have to be priorities in our lives. So today, we began a brand new series called Search and Be Rescued. This is a picture of, well, all of us in this world are searching for meaning and significance in our life. Every single one of us are. Those of us who are in this room, those of you who are online, you've at least stepped into recognizing that it is Jesus who can help us um, find meaning and significance in our lives. That's, that's a part of the reason why we're here and a part of church. But there's a lot of people in this journey as we move along, look in other places, right? And so this series is about us understanding and reminding each other and even stepping more into the fact that it is Jesus is the one who that we need to be searching after. And what we discover when we search after Jesus with everything we have, Jesus is the one who rescues us. He rescues us initially from our sins. He saves us. But every one of us in this room, every one of us online, there have been multiple times in our life in which Jesus has stepped in and he's brought rescue through an event, through people, through a circumstance, And so as we journey through this series and we kick off our small groups together, we're going to be talking about this all together. Um, I'll preach a message and we'll discuss it through the week. But we're looking at what what does it mean for me to seek after Jesus with all my heart, to search after Jesus. And so today we take a look at two different sisters who were searching for the Messiah, all right? They were searching for the Messiah, and what we discover in their story is even when we're going, we're searching for Jesus, we can get the good to come before what is best in our life. And so the key verse of just not only this particular message, but this whole series, and in fact, the verse that really has brought us to this place since the beginning of the year, when the leaders sat down in January and we discussed what, what's it going to look like to help our church see Christ with everything they have. This is a verse that really came to the forefront, and it comes from our passage. It's Luke chapter 10 and verse 39. says, she, that's Martha, had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Who sat at the Lord's feet. Say that with me. Who sat at the Lord's feet. 
And so here's where we're going today, here's where we're going in this whole series is this. We want you to sit at the feet of Jesus. We want you to follow the example of Mary and sit at the feet of Jesus. So I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, that's where we're going to be studying together today. If you're at home, open up your Bible. There's Bibles in the seat in front of you there. You can pull your phone or your tablet out, or you can watch up on the screen. But we're going to be in Luke chapter 10. I'm going to read verses 38 through 42. So here's what Luke writes to us. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by herself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. So we begin here with the story of a dinner guest, and the dinner guest is Jesus Christ himself. Um, Luke 10, 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, on their way where? Well, what we've been learning in the midst of this is they were on their way to Jerusalem. Um, Jesus is on his way to die on the cross for us. He takes not a direct route, but he comes to this place, Luke uh, 10, 38, he says, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now, what do we know about Mary and Martha? What do we know about Mary and Martha? We know that Mary and Martha were sisters. Sisters, sisters, there were never such devoted sisters. Okay, so that really has no spiritual significance, but it's one of my family's go-to movies. So what we have is two sisters, Mary and Martha. Um, they live in the town of Bethany. And so Bethany is a community, um, as you notice here, that's very close to um, Jerusalem. That's where they're from. This is the sisters of Lazarus. You know Lazarus who rose from the grave, the one who um, Jesus brought forth from the dead. He is the their brother. And so this becomes a place that they connect to quite often. But what's going on here? You've got Mary, Martha, who's the responsible one. Martha, who's the responsible one. And then you have Mary, who's doing what? She's just sitting, right? Just sitting there. In fact, here's what it says in Luke 10, 39. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to to what he said. She is just sitting there. Now, if you were Martha and you had this very important guest over at your house there, how would you feel if your sister was just sitting there while you were doing all of the work? Would you be happy about that? Would you be thrilled about that? No, you would be upset, right? I know I would be. Because you're doing all the work. In fact, why is it so important? It's because Jesus, we have this very special guest who happens to be with us here. 
And so it's so crucial and critical. We may make everything perfect, but what is she doing? She's sitting in there. She's eating the nuts off the charcuterie board that you made just for Jesus Christ. She's doing absolutely nothing. And so how does she react? Look what it says there in verse 40. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by herself? Tell her to help me. Tell her to help me. In fact, do you think that Martha was probably going about her business quietly while Mary just sat in there? There's no possible way. She's banging everything she possibly can, making as much noise as she can possibly make because she wants Mary to know, you need to get up. In fact, I'm guessing that every time she walked through there, she made sure she walked between Mary and Jesus so as she's walking by Mary, she can give her that. All of those kind of motions, like, you need to get busy. I'm the one who's doing all this work all by myself. And even a servant, a servant heart like Martha has, they have their limits. And what does it say again in verse 40? She, she came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Lord, don't you care? Doesn't my struggle matter to you? Isn't what I'm going on and going through, doesn't it matter to you? It seems like you're doing absolutely nothing but just talking there to Mary. Isn't my struggle important enough for you to do something about, for you to fix that for me? And so how does Jesus respond? Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset over many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. And those words, Martha, Martha, they're not harsh, right? He's not condemning her. He's not getting on her case. But he recognizes she has what one commentator talked about as being an earthbound frame of reference. She can't see anything beyond the frustration of that poem that particular moment. She can't see anything beyond that. She's so frustrated and discouraged. In fact, Jesus uses those words. He says, you are worried and upset. Worried and upset over many things. I know that you have the spiritual gift of serving and that you show love to other people through your serving. I know you're an Enneagram too, right? That's what you do. That's how life goes for you. But I need you to pause and I need you to step back here for a moment because you're worried about many things, but there's only a few things that are important. And he's not talking about, you know, you, you fix too much food for me in this particular meal. He's really saying there's just one thing that's most important, one thing that I really need you to be able to focus in on. And then did you notice that Martha told the Lord what he needed to do there? He told Jesus what he needed to say. Tell my sister she needs to help me. And how does Jesus respond to her? He says no. You ever had Jesus answer no to your request of him? It happens to us probably a lot. We tell Jesus this is exactly what you need to do to fix that situation and Jesus says no. And why does he say no? 
because some, so much more in store for us when we listen and do things his way rather than trying to tell him what to do. But sometimes it's so hard to take that step back, isn't it? Sometimes it's so very difficult to have that frame of reference but it's so critical that we take a pause and we sit at the feet of Jesus. In other words, what we need to do is we need to prioritize a time every single day in our life where we quiet our feet, we quiet our hands, we quiet our mouth, we just sit and we listen to Jesus speak into our hearts and into our lives. There are two lessons we need to learn from these sisters. Lesson number one is this, that distractions will get in the way of our sitting at the feet of Jesus. They will get in the way. That happens to all of us. My quiet time is usually in the morning. I have breakfast and I sit down, but I happen to have my quiet time in the back room. There's windows all over there so I can see the whole backyard. So I'm sitting there with my iPad open and the Bible program and my notes up there. I'm writing some stuff down as I'm reading through there. And then I notice out of the corner of my eye, there's a squirrel running across the lower retaining wall in our backyard, so I notice it. And then there's this baby fawn coming down this way, and I think, oh, how cute that is. Of course, they grow up and eat everything. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, I forgot to write down that thing on my to-do list, and so I opened that up on my iPad. I mean, next thing you know, I'm so distracted from spending time with Jesus Christ. I'm literally pulled away by all of those thoughts racing around in my mind. And that's what happens to us. In fact, that's what this word distracted means in our passage of Scripture here. It, it means to be pulled away. And here is Martha being pulled away while serving the Lord. I mean, she's doing something really good, but she's missing out on what is the best because she's distracted. It happens to all of us. Martha was distracted by her sister. Which is interesting, isn't it? Family, you know, has a way of distracting us, and family's a good thing, right? Family's a great thing. But when Jesus says to her, Martha, Martha, he's not getting on her because she's doing something wrong serving him. She, he's not criticizing her serving. He's pointing out her critical spirit of somebody else, that they're not serving the way I'm serving and so those distractions can take all kinds of form in our life. But they will get in the way of us sitting at the feet of Jesus. And so what is distracting you? What's getting in your way of serving Jesus Christ? So we have these journals available that we're using with our small groups. And if you're... Um, not in a small group. I mean, we encourage you to do that, but we've got some extra journals available. But it has the questions so that you're able to, to see the questions we're doing every single week. So I'm preaching the message today, and then when your small group meets, you'll answer those questions. But something else in the journal is that there's five days worth of just a simple page that has a scripture and a handful of questions and an encouragement to pray. 
we're wanting to help you have a, a very clear way to sit at the feet of Jesus Christ. In June, we encourage you to give five minutes to Jesus, praying to him, talking to him. In August, we encourage you to read through a chapter of the Gospel of Luke through that entire month so that you can listen to Jesus. Now we're putting that together as we talk about it on Sunday morning in our small groups. But we want to challenge you to have a time in which you sit at the feet of Jesus Christ. But be careful, because distractions will get in the way of our sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ. But the other challenge for each one of us is this. Serving Jesus is valuable, but sitting at the feet of Jesus is a better choice. I mean, there is always a time for serving, and serving is such a great and wonderful thing for us to do. I mean, if you look previously there, you've got the story of the Good Samaritan, just before the passage that we're looking at here today, where Jesus uses the example of somebody who serves the needs of others, who helps others, and Jesus wants us to be serving other people. It's such a crucial thing. In fact, yesterday we had a whole group of people who were here who were serving Jesus Christ in a work day. I so appreciate Tom McAllister taking the time to get that all set up for us and to help us understand what we're supposed to do. We had like 20 people here. They were serving. It's such a great thing for all of us to be able to do. We need you to be serving. We need each one of you to be serving in different capacities, whether up here on the stage or in the technology or working with Brandy with our children or our students or greeting or repairing or working behind the scenes, leading, teaching. We just need so many people serving, and it's such an important aspect of our walk with Jesus Christ. It's that, you know, putting others first and meeting the needs of others before our own deeds. But here's what we have to wrestle with in this story. Are, is my working, is your working for Jesus, getting in the way of Jesus working in us? Jesus is not knocking, serving. It's a, it's a crucial thing to do. What he's helping us do in this story is to establish priorities, that we take the time to sit at the feet of Jesus Christ because that's the best thing, Jesus says. But why is it the best thing? It's because, look at what he says here. Who is it that Mary is listening to? To whom is Mary really listening in this particular story? says there in verse 39, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Listening to what he said. Who is the he that we're talking about here? Well, of course, it's Jesus, Doug. But this word listening means she is listening with intention. She is fixated on Jesus Christ. You can almost picture her as she just is taking in all of the words of Jesus. But again, who is this Jesus? Well, John himself said in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, right? But who is this Word? Well, John goes on down in verse 14, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's Jesus Christ. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is God. 
Mary is sitting there listening to God. That's why when Peter is with Jesus on the Man of Transfiguration is talking about what we need to be booths. God speaks up in the midst of that, and he says, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. Why should we listen to Jesus? Because it is the Son of God. It is the Savior of the world. Jesus is the creator of all things. He is eternal because He is God. Mary was sitting there listening to God. And so how do we sit at the feet of Jesus and listening, listen to God? We do that by opening our Bibles. Because the Bible is the Word of God. The Bible isn't just a bunch of man-made stories, but from Genesis to Revelation, it is the Word of God speaking into the hearts of every single one of us. That's how we listen to Jesus. That's how we sit at the feet of Jesus, by opening the Word and by letting God speak into us. It is God's love letter to His people, to you and to me. That's why every single day we need to sit at the feet of Jesus. And sitting at the feet of Jesus is what Jesus in this story chooses to honor. Again, we are not idolizing Mary at the expense of Martha. We're not saying serving is bad because serving is good. Serving is essential. But Jesus has chosen to honor Mary. Why? Because she sits at the feet of Jesus and he reminds us of that because it's such a subtle trap that we can fall into just like Martha did. A subtle trap in which we have this kind of earthbound frame of reference. We can't get away from the worries because we need to be listening to Jesus Christ. That subtle trap that shows up when we're critical of other people and what they're doing or what they're not doing. It also shows up when we start telling Jesus what he needs to do and say rather than listening to what Jesus needs to say in his word to every single one of us. So when will you commit to sitting at the feet of Jesus? What will that look like for you? The struggle for me is I, I, I've spent way too much time as a preacher studying the Bible to be able to use that to help other people know what God's Word is saying to them. And not enough time listening to Jesus as He wants to speak and help me become a better man a better husband, a better father, just a better man for him, a per, better person for him. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love preaching and I believe God has called me to preach. I love studying God's Word and digging into it and sharing those truths that I learn with other people, the things that God wants me to share. And someday I will be held accountable for how I did that, how I declared that truth. The question I'll be asked at the pearly gates will not be, well, how many sermons did you preach in your ministry, Doug? But did you know Jesus Christ? And I don't have to remind you that life is full of distractions. And they just happen all of the time. But apparently God felt the need to remind Martha and really in turn us to remind us that there are good things that we can be doing in our lives, things that we should be doing in regard to the serving, but that to neglect 
sitting at the feet of Jesus every day in our lives is to let the good overtake that which is the best. I want to encourage you to sit at the feet of Jesus. Imagine the impact that that could have on your life as a mom or as a dad. How it could impact your kids if you're continually letting the creator of the universe speak wisdom and truth and strength into your heart and your life. Imagine the impact it could have on your business. How you interact with other people within the church in your small group. How you would interact with your neighbors and show them the love of God that they need in Jesus Christ. What's most amazing about the end of this story, or this story, is how Jesus uses this little phrase when he says, Mary has chosen what is better. That phrase, what is better, is actually a word that refers to more likely the the portion of the meal, the portion of the sacrifice. In other words, she's chosen the better portion. Martha's all running around getting a meal ready for Jesus, and what Jesus says to Martha is this, look, it's a great meal, but the most important meal is what portion is what Mary has chosen, and that is to listen to God. That's the most important thing you and I can do in our lives. Let's pray together. Lord, we desperately need your help. We, we desperately need you to speak into our lives. Lord, be a help and a strength to us. Remind us we have got to sit at your feet every single day. I pray that you would impress that and open the door for that to happen. Help us to prioritize that in our hearts and in our lives. Lord, we love you. In your most precious name we pray, amen.